crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. here to podcast about stuff but then dave right at the top brings up pops funko pops these are <laughs> three inch plastic toy dolls of your favorite movies and television he's suggesting to jordan that she get some for her setup in her background here because when we go into the virtual studio we can like take it take a look at each other's setups but i mean dave if you talk about funkos we're gonna get like right off track right off the at the beginning Unless, oh, is, there, is there a Pam and Tommy Funko? There's, de- I've definitely seen a, uh, I've definitely seen a Tommy one for Molly mm. Crew. There's probably, uh, there's probably like, like uh, signature Pam and Tommy sex toys, right? Probably. I mean, there's got to be Pamela Anderson stuff. I don't know if there's any Tommy Gun stuff. Uh, he's not, he's not Tommy Gun. I don't know what they nick. I don't know what Tommy Lee's nickname is. Does he have a nickname? I don't know. Tommy Gunn's a boxer who died. He's in Rocky, like, five or something. I don't know. Uh, so, Pam and Tommy, why are we talking about it? It actually is a TV show, folks. And it reignited yeah. the conversation about a sex tape they made accidentally. Well, they I mean, they made the tape for their own fun. But then uh, somebody, uh, I don't know, a buddy of theirs leaked it. And it's, like, one of the first famous ones, you know, that's. Well, it was I'm, a screwed over contractor. Yeah. And now it's memorialized. Yeah. It's, it's memorialized on a new TV show on Hulu. Um, I don't know what they're going for. I don't really understand the tone of this show. Like, I tuned in, and I'm like, the sex scenes are really silly and cartoonish. And, like, the reputation of both Pam and Tommy is that they were, like, sexual idols in the 90s. And so it's like, it, they got something to live up to in this show. And I'm like, I don't, what, I don't well, know how what, what I'm get... tuning in for. I've seen all three episodes. Yeah. I yeah. think I've watched great. All, yeah. I mean, I mean, but I know what you're talking I, yeah, about. You're right, though. I yeah, mean, yeah. It has tonal issues. I mean, for one second, we have a talking dick, and then yes, back to <laughs> the talking penis. Oh my god! Let's, I was let's like, put it this way, like, whoa, if you're, if, you're, <laughs> if you're writing for like the Hollywood Reporter or like the New York Times or something, you're like, the sex scenes are zany. Like that's the verb you're going to use is z a n y zany, and you're like, yeah, that's not something I'm going to refer to. A sexual drama. Anyway, that's my two I, cents I've on heard that. somebody describe it as it being two shows, and one is about Tom, uh, Pam, and Tommy Lee, and the other is about guy, a guy just explaining the internet to everybody. <laughs> but <can> I... <laughs> how the internet works. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, tutorial. Wow. And then uh, House of Gucci. You can actually rent it now, but it's like one of those uh, theater on demands. You got to pay nineteen bucks. I'm like. I've heard about these notorious scenes in House of Gucci, and I have no interest in learning about the Gucci murder. I'm sorry. I don't care about the, the fashion mogul family from it. Italy. I'm not as fascinated by like, the director as really Scott was, you know, to make to want to make the movie and waste all their time and listen to uh, Lady Gaga's accent that, that she's getting raked over the coals for. And, uh, I thought she was but fine. I saw the interviews with them, like, there's a British late night show called Graham Norton and they were on there and I'm like, why are they acting so awkward? This is like the most awkward press tour I've ever seen. Like, and then I saw them on other interviews and I'm like, yeah, this is awkward the entire time. 
And then they're asked about the sex scene in that movie, and they both describe it as like, well, we went for it. So I just sat there in my little imagination, and I thought, well, if I was on a press tour, and 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 we're both, me and the other actor are both describing it as, hey, we really went for it. I'd be like, that to me suggests that the sex scenes are real. Of course, that's my imagination. I don't think that's true. And again, like a lot of podcasts are getting in trouble for putting their foot in their mouths recently. So like, I can't really insinuate that they really went for it, but um, coupled with the scenes with the actual press tour, maybe, I mean, like the camera cuts away to a certain part and there's certain expressions on their faces. And, and then I was talking to Dave about this, Dave, you wouldn't paid to see this in the movie theater, right? Yeah. See, and I, I didn't see any press on it. So you had that <laughs> advantage that I did not. And I, like I told you, I think I'm, I don't remember the scene you're talking about, so maybe it was like the one time I went to the bathroom. I don't okay, know. pause. Jordan, have you seen okay. House of Gucci? No, no, but I'm definitely okay. fascinated, so okay. I'm looking forward to watching it. Not for $19, you... though. So. Right, right. Have you heard <laughs> yeah, this? Wait, wait till it's like a, on Netflix or... All right. Are you aware of this notorious scene that supposedly is in this movie? Have you heard like the quotes or anything in the news or anything? Mm-mm. No, I no, mean, okay. the only thing I've right. seen like press-wise was an interview, like a short clip of an interview with Lady Gaga, but... Okay, in, in, in contrast to other wild scenes that have been portrayed, it's not that wild. But I'm like, Dave, it's like the only selling point for the entire movie. like, Because that's what they're making them say on the press tour. So if that's their angle, you're leading huh. into the relationship of Lady Gaga and Adam Driver, right? So, And you said, what do you say, Dave? Forgettable. Like, you don't even remember, you don't even remember that it was in the movie. Well, like I said, either either it's yeah. forgettable or it was when I went to the bathroom. I don't know. Because it's a two and a half, oh. almost three hour movie. <laughs> oh, there you go. Dang. Time commitment. But it's worth it's, it, it's a very sure. three star movie. Like, it's not bad, but it's not. It's not even three star. It's like, I'm, and like, if Lifetime did a House of Gucci, it'd be better. Like, I don't know. Uh,. <laughs> Yeah, but who would be in it? Like Jody Sweden from Full House. And... You mean uh, who would play the who would play the Lady Gaga and Adam Driver characters? Yeah, mm. probably Lindsay Lohan. I mean, I'm like I pretty much watch everything Adam Driver's in, including the other uh, Ridley Scott movie. Which I don't know. I, I I was debating in much darker thoughts, Jordan, if if uh, that movie with the medieval knights and Inquisition. What is that movie called? What what is the name of that one? The Last Duel. Yeah, the last duel. I was debating whether or not the last oh, yes. duel could could be in a bad romance lineup. Maybe I'm not sure, but I guess it depends um, on who's yes. the story. <laughs> You're like, oh yes, no, <laughs> of course no. it could. <laughs> not necessarily. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah, I did like it though, but yeah. maybe not for bad romance. But it could. Yeah, it could work. I mean, I mean yeah. So that's like the true, but not you could call it a prequel to the House of Gucci. You see, like how the Gucci's came together. You know, in the drama in the last duel. Um, actually, no, that's England. I think England and all their little countries. Um, Dave, now did you do what I recommended to get ready for the show and go watch Tinder Swindler? Because like I did so actually, good. I did. Okay, I got it in under the wire. Jordan was the quickest on this one, I think, and she was tweeting about I it. And I'm like, oh, what's this? I didn't hear about this guy when the, all these news stories came out, like TV interviews and magazines. Um, but people are fascinated by this thing on Netflix and it, I mean, it helps that it's made by a good doc crew who put out that thing. Don't mess with cats or don't F with cats, whatever. Uh, it's good. I mean, it's fascinating, but you also go like, why are we ignoring all the red flags here? Like the girl from Norway, her name is Cecilia or something. She's like, 
And then his wife and his kid were on the plane during our first date. I'm like, how is that not a red? How is that not a red flag? Like, this is not going to end well. And then, like, I'm, yeah, yeah. I mean, getting on a private plane seems a little out there for a first sure. date to me, sure. you know. But I, yeah, I see where you're coming from. It was still really good. See, I, I thought this was an okay documentary, and not that it wasn't well made. But see, I watch. I've watched so much of Catfish, the TV show, and Ninety Day Fiance that I'm like. Oh. I've seen this story kind of told over. This is just on a higher scale. Like, I mean, I, he's I, a good racket. He's like, get on the private plane that's paid for by the other girlfriend to go have coffee that another girlfriend's paid for. And by the way, we yeah. have some sushi paid by another girl. You know, like. I, yeah, I mean, what a smart person to like have yeah. this whole scheme planned out. Honestly, it's terrifying. But I thought it was so fascinating to like see his whole you know, right. shtick really. Well, he, he Although tying into Gucci, she sold like most of his clothes that it was like mm. from Gucci, and this day he's like, "Oh, am I going to get the money?" It's like she never gave him the money. Uh, I love that part. She yeah. swindled the swindler. I right. Well, and like. I, I've been tweeting a lot about a lot of shows and um, one of the trends a couple weeks back was, I don't know if anybody watches the show Euphoria, but one of the characters is Nate Jacobs building off a of bad romance. He's like one of the most toxic masculine men I've ever seen on TV, but people were putting this post about like, okay, who would you want to put in a room with him? Like as if they were to go head to head. And I said, she, the, a uh, chick from Tinder Swindler who swindles him. <laughs> I'm like, put her in a room with Nate. Yeah, Nate so, so the the character that Jordan is no. talking about, folks, is like an atypical high school jock type from like classic movies and TV shows, like you know the Letterman wearing guy, but yes. the modern version. And and then the character in Tinder Swindler is like there's they focus on three stories. Like he swindled he swindled probably like 30 women, but they focus on three stories. And Eileen is the name of the girl at the end who turns the tables on him and sells yes, yeah, starts selling all his fancy clothes on the, on eBay, like Dave was talking about. Uh anyway, just to get everybody on the same page. Uh <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're bouncing around a little bit, but Anyway, it's worth checking out, people. And like again, it's like one of those things like you have to talk about it because it's fa- it's like got everybody's attention. But what's funny is he sends these voicemails like every like he gets on these tangents where he's sending the girlfriends a series of like voice memos and voicemails and like messages on on Instagram and everything. And then he is saying constantly, "My enemies are after me." You know, I I need you to up up the credit card and send it to me, and I'll pay you back. Da, 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 da. And then, like, uh, you go, yeah, people are after you. The previous girlfriend is trying to figure out where the, where you where you are so she can get her money back. It's like, yeah, you do have enemies, man. They're like the women that you burn, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're looking for you. They are constantly looking for you. Even like the you know Interpol is looking for you the whole time, buddy. I don't know. It's- I thought he sounded like Nandor, and then I couldn't unhear it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's name is like Simon Lviv or something, or like that's like one of his aliases, but they keep referring to him as Simon Lviv in the movie. But yeah, he kind of does sound like Nandor, which is a character on what they do in the shadows, the the TV show anyway. Yeah. Um, Then I was like, like I read this app called Smart News, but it pulls in articles from all these different places. Like, like I said earlier, like the Hollywood Reporter or New York Times, sometimes the Daily Mirror, which I think is like a UK tabloid magazine. Mm. But then like, also, Paris Hilton picked this up. It's like there's an un- an OnlyFans star who discovered that like her top customer is her biological dad from like 
different accounts. And I'm like, whoa, like that's yeah. a lifetime movie. That's like uh that could be a bad romance adaptation later on. I was like, this is really, really rough stuff, guys. <laughs> like, this is really bad. Like now we uh, she knew that they it was discovered that or it was like her biological dad knew oh, it was her. how she finds out is her mom's in the background when he bought like a private chat or something and she could hear her mom talking like in the kitchen in the background or something. Oh my god. And she's like, Oh fuck. <laughs> like so so Oh, there's our explicit rating for this show. If the top, if the subject matter wasn't explicit enough, there's our they're gonna stamp this on iTunes because I just said the F word, but um you know, phones are gonna do that. He's out of the bottle for this episode, I guess. Well, first I'm searching for what's this Tinder swindler about? And then it's like, hey, by the way, did you see the story about the OnlyFans star that got her top customers her biological dad? Like, let's go really dark, phone. That's what we're doing today. All right. It's only freaking uh Monday afternoon. Let's go. Um other headlines, home video headlines, we'll jump right in. There's a cerebral sci-fi coming out with Samuel L. Jackson. It's based on a book called The Last Days of Walter Mosley. It comes out in March. There's like a series of stuff coming out on like Apple TV too, like where people are like messing with memories or like they're cloning themselves. It's like we're in this new thing where it's like uh we're moving to like neurological science fiction. Where it's all about like manipulating thoughts and memories and people's minds. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. The evolution of science fiction. That or time travel. I mean there was a time travel serial killer movie that came out in like the seventies. I think it was made by the director who directed wrath of Khan. Uh, what is his name? Shoot. Um, I oddly know his first name. His first name is Nicholas. <laughs> I forgot his last name, but he's a good director. You're talking about di- time after time. Yeah. He directed a movie called time after time. And that was basically about chasing. It might be. I think they're going after Jack the. I haven't seen. Yeah, it, but and I'm sure going after Jack chasing the Jack the Ripper might be the two characters, but Jack the Ripper is the serial killer in that movie. That's the only reference reference I have for a, a time travel serial killer movie or TV or whatever. But Elizabeth Moss is going to be in a show called Shining Girls, where she's like in some kind of time loop and she has to deal with a serial killer. So that's kind of cool. Sold. You just said Elizabeth Moss, um, serial killer, time loop done, sold. Right? Tell me when it starts. <laughs> That's what you got to say. And she's from, uh, what's that other popular show? She's in The Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. She's in okay. uh, The Invisible Man. Um, she's done a ton of indie work. She's a great actress, actually. Oh, you know what? Uh, uh, sorry, Jordan, what'd you say? I just said I like her a lot. Oh, yeah, I she's mean, cool. cool so, so um, Have you seen Get Him to the Greek? With uh, Jonah Hill and um, yes, what is his name? Russell Brand. Russell Brand. Russell Brand. Yeah, that's a that would be a great bromance entry in a bad relationship comedy. But Elizabeth <laughs> Moss plays the girlfriend of Jonah Hill's character. Like he's the music rep, and then she plays the girlfriend who's like a doctor or whatever. You're right. Yeah, the the nurse. Yeah, she does good. I just in remember, that. she's that's tired throughout the whole movie. Well, she's always coming from, like, surgery or whatever. She's like, oh, I got you an egg muffin thingy, but I ate part of it because I watched this guy's heart explode or whatever. And then she climbs into her bed, goes to sleep. Okay, cool. Um, The last home video headline for tonight, folks, is Orville Season 3 is going into the future, which is, see, everything's time travel. So Orville is like a Star Trek-type parody, which has now, like, become more serious. It started out as, like... uh, It's it's always... uh, Actually, I'm a big fan of that show. Um, It's always kind of had it. Yeah, no, it's actually really good. Um, it's it does have it's more drama than comedy, actually. Like it is now, yeah. 
Um, well, no, it's kind of always been. I think they sold it more as on the comedy aspects because it's Seth MacFarlane, um, and it does have comedy bits, but I'd say it leans more into the sci-fi and drama. Um, it's kind of it. like he and his team got frustrated that Star Trek Next Generation didn't continue on, right. and then like wrote their own like fan fiction, and then got Fox to be like, yeah, we'll pay the bill for you to turn your fan fiction in, in, into an actual show. But they're going to the future, too, so they're jumping ahead in time, which... One of the new other the other Star Trek shows just did Star Trek Discovery did that, and uh, Hulu picked that up because I guess Fox stopped fitting the bill. I just said they picked it up, but now come around to they're not going to. Well, do they all the own each season. other now. <laughs> so well, you're I mean, right. Disney owns Hulu, which owns Fox. So you know. yeah, who's the parent? Who's or, the child? Who knows? These co- corporations <laughs> are all kind of out of control. Um, speaking of relationships, <laughs> tonight's movie is Kodachrome. It's set during the final days of the admired photo development system known as Kodachrome. Father and son hit the road in order to reach the Kansas photo lab before it closes its doors for good. That's Dwayne's Photo is the name of the shop. The father is a famous photographer on his last legs. The son is a music executive. They're estranged from each other, of course. I say on the themes, it's life, death, regret, resentment, and photographs. And I will kick it over to Dave. He's got dangerous facts about Kodachrome. All right. <clears throat> so, um, Kodachrome film actually can still be processed, but they no longer produce the dyes in order to do color photos. So, technically, you can still do Kodachrome, but only in black and white. Um, well, the movie, day, the selling point of this movie is that you can't get it anymore, Dave. So, you just, like, pop the bubble. It's like, forget it. Well, you can't get color Kodachrome anymore. Well, but at the time of the article, you couldn't get either, right? And there's well, like no, a resurgence. I mean, they, they were running out of the dyes for it. Um, that seemed sort of transparent through the movie because they kept talking about the dyes too, like how you know yeah. the colored dyes were going out. I, I missed that whole part. Yeah, the guy who's saving it, you know, saving stuff for him. I think he mentioned that it was dyes, but I don't know, maybe not. <laughs> the photo mark guy. <laughs> Um, so this movie is actually based off of a New York Times article called uh, "For Kodachrome Fans, Roads and at the at Photo Lab in Kansas." Uh, but outside of it being about uh, the last photochrome or the last Kodachrome Lab ceasing pro- processing of the film, it has no other ties to that article in the movie. Otherwise, it's fictitious. Um, so, uh, fa- photographer Steve McCurry, who's actually famous for shooting what's known as the Afgirl Gan uh, photo that's on the National Geographic. Very famous photo, girl, very piercing eyes with the head wrap and so forth. Um, but um, he actually requested uh, f- from Kodak the last uh, role of Kodachrome film so he could use it as a tribute to his favorite film stock. And in the end credits, the photos in uh, the end credits are actually the last role of Kodachrome film that he shot. So... That's literally the last color Kodachrome process. Yeah, I was wondering whose famous photos they were using through the movie. I guess it's his. Yeah. Um, so during an interview um, with Jason Sudeikis for this movie, a journalist named Mike Ryan expressed how much uh, the movie meant to him because he had just recently lost his father. Hours later, Jason actually sent him a personal email expressing sympathy for him and his loss. Um, they're, they actually pr- produced the full email, which I will not read to you, but it's actually very, very sweet from like a guy you don't, uh, expect to send something like that. Um, so 
Ed Harris dies at the end of this movie. Sorry. Um, but uh, according to Cinemore, <laughs> a website I found called Cinemorg Wiki, Her- uh, Ed Harris has died 24 times on film, not including mm. this movie. Um, a notable of those deaths, he's been shot to death 15 times. Uh, he's had two car accidents, jumping out of a window, and being crushed by a headstone thrown by a zombie. Um, I don't know if this is actually correct or not. I didn't check the numbers, but if it's actually correct, um, Ed Harris actually beat Sean Bean by one movie uh, with this movie as having the most death on film, not including TV shows or video games which I thought was interesting because we always talk about Sean Bean, but apparently Ed Harris dies a lot in movies as I found out. Well, now I want to go back and see if he dies in Knight Riders when he plays King Arthur. He on does actually. Cycle. That's one of the car accidents. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. I'm like, wow, we, we don't talk about <laughs> Ed, how much Ed Harris dies. Right. They kill him off all the time. All right. Drama. Death is always a good way to go. Death or scandal. Uh, let's go to favorite bits for these movies. And I know we're going to overlap. I mean, it's like impossible. I mean, we're probably going to overlap. Um, we'll start with Jordan. She can get the tasty bits out first. Okay. Yeah. The whole jailbreak scene was my favorite. When Matt goes to, you know, get his dad out of the hospital. And Mm. I just thought it was like, you know, warm and fuzzy feelings inside, but I love how, you know, his dad's like faking pulling out the catheter and like totally freaks Mm. him out. Uh, I was just dying, but I mean, it is also really, you know, it's, it's a very deeply sad movie about a relationship with father and son. So that was like one of the really only funny moments, but it had it had its moments for sure. I liked it a lot. Dave, uh, um, I like the scene. Um, I think uh, Jason uh, Jason Sudeikis and uh, Elizabeth Olsen, who plays the father's uh, traveling nurse, basically with him. Um, I think they had a really good chemistry, and not um, you know even even when it just seemed like they were being friendly, like they just kind of had a good you know friend friendly uh, chemistry. Uh, but there's a scene where he's like breaking down her musical interests and, you know, it's a, it, it's one, it's a movie or a, a scene you've seen in movies, you know, a million times where somebody kind of has a person pegged and they break them down. Mm. Um, but, you know, it, you know, when it's well done, it's well done. Jason Sudeikis really sells it, like really pigs her down to her musical taste and, you know, like how rebellious she was trying to be with her musical taste, but it's really still kind of basic, you know, um, <laughs> And she tries to deny it. And for a moment you think like, oh, well, no, he didn't pay her at all. And then kind of finds out, yeah, he did. <laughs> so kind of a sl- kind of a short bait and switch, but it's a fun little scene. And what about so, you, I mean, it, Well, it could probably be stated that like most of the scenes in the movie are pretty great. There's not really any wasted scenes in this movie. Sure. Uh, I love the first dinner scene. I wrote down that there's a lot of good dialogue in there. I generally like the dialogue in the movie. And um, the second scene I like is one of the hospital scenes. It happens right before the jailbreak that uh, Jordan was referring to a second ago. And then I like what you find out is on the final reel of his film that he's trying to develop that he had said was in his early work. But then I thought about spoiling it. I, I thought about for like hours. Do I, am I going to spoil this? I'll save this one. There's no official spoiler tonight unless I make a mistake in a little while. Um, I just like what ends up being on the film reels and why the dad is so adamant about getting there before the shop closes. 
And that that's all I'll say. But I will share some of the dialogue that I'm talking about. So they're at the dinner scene, and he goes, I'm dying. I don't have to behave in response to, I think, something that the nurse made a comment. Um, but I just thought that was a that's a great line. And then he says, uh, um, let's see. Oh, they're talking about the dad's attitude. What a bad attitude the photographer has at this dinner scene. And um, the son says, Jason Sudeikis' character says, you were a prick before you had the cancer. And then he responds very quickly back. That's true enough. I thought those two lines paired together were really well done. And then, oh, okay. So there's a revelation in the hospital scene that the dad actually does love the son. I guess there's your spoiler for the night. Does the dad love the son? Of course he does. Does he know how to express it? No. He says he's a broken person. And I wanted to point out this dad thing. I mean, I have I have two boys. They're getting a little bit older now. But um, I remember the time that this dad is talking about. When Ed Harris is breaking down in the hospital scenes, when your kids are like new people and they exist, you think about a million things all at once very fast. And you keep a lot of stuff to yourself. So buried deep down is... You, you do think about these promises that you want to make to kids. And, uh, I mean, having a man say he loves you, and then, like, this is probably the first time that... It seems like in this relationship in the movie, like, I don't think maybe Ed Harris's character has ever said it to him. But, you know, maybe you find out later on why, or you find out that he's loved him the whole time and there's more evidence for that. But, you know, you have to watch the movie. Uh, but it's a pivotal scene, and Ed Harris, man... Like, if you haven't seen him in movies, dying, apparently, <laughs> like, for a while. If you've been out of the loop on Ed Harris, you're like, where's he been? You dust him off, you see him in this Netflix movie, and he, I mean, he rules that scene, you know, like, he takes it to a pretty personal level, and you go, that's why he's fucking Ed Harris, you know? Um, And Sudeikis is just trying to keep up with him, really. I mean, for the dramatic stuff, this is, like, early on in Jason Sudeikis' movie career. I mean, we know him from SNL and then in some funny movies, but try to hold his own with the dramatic stuff he does pretty good in some other scenes i mean he, he's he's doing his best to keep up with him in that scene but um anyway great dialogue if you're looking for an ed harris movie that's really good that may not be on your radar here it is uh usually we say binge now binge later or binge never but this season we're simply breaking it down do we love it or do we hate it and uh it's back to you jordan love it so good honestly it's such an odd well, movie couple between Jason Sudeikis and Ed Harris. I absolutely loved it. Very surprised. But yeah, Dave. Um, I'm going to be the outlier here. I fucking hate this movie. I really mm. do. This is the second time I've seen it. I hated it the first time. I thought, okay, I'm going to go in with a fresh perspective. I hated it this time. It's too many feelings for I, David. And I every time I mean, I'll be honest, I, I mean, listen, you know, maybe I'm bringing I know what I'm getting. Issues. Listen, yeah, you're bringing your daddy issues to the podcast. I was about to say, every time I pick a father and son thing, I'm very careful, you know. Um, hey, like, nine years ago, I was trying to brush up the, the relationship with my dad. But I will say, here lately, my dad is investing the time. And uh, I don't know I don't know what's going on in my dad's life lately. But, you know, our last few phone calls, he said I loved you, which is like a new thing for my dad even. And I'm telling you, Dave, you may not want to believe it, but... Your dad has had that hospital scene. Every every single father on the planet, even the bad ones, has had those thoughts that Ed Harris is describing in the hospital scene. Right. But you know what? Taking any personal feelings out of it, like he's 
I, I didn't feel like his redemption of character was too little too late. I mean, he was an asshole up mm. into literally his deathbed until he was jailbreaked. Like, he, like it just, it was only then like, Oh, I guess I'm going to die. I better become a good person. Like, and that's like three quarters into the movie or even maybe even more like just story character wise. It felt a little too little too late. Like he, he basically admits or no, he straight up admits he had an affair with his, uh, brother's wife brother's wife or, or, yeah. or had sexual history at some point yeah like, he could like he's about to die he could have like let that go but no and i forget what he was like well i'm just fucking with my brother like that's that's a little more than just screwing with your brother dude like that's some harsh harsh tea just spilled there you know what i mean like he is not a good character i, I just never felt he got redeemed but that's that's my <laughs> i knew i was going to be the outlier i knew i would <laughs> Yeah, it's me, Dave. Surprises I'm me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay, I I love. Okay, thanks for elaborating. I'm glad you did that. I feel like I can understand you a little bit. What about uh, you, I mean, I want to defend that scene too, saying like sick people say awful things and they have no filter. And you know, I mean, he wanted to hurt his brother, but maybe he also wanted to put that thing to bed before he died. But he did it in a very selfish way. But I feel like he's completely selfish because his. I mean it. I mean, it's clock. There's a ticking clock the whole movie, obviously. But um, I don't know. I mean, I I could razz Dave for another half hour, but I'll just let it go. No, I don't no, have no, enough. No. I mean, I don't have enough caffeine in me or alcohol in me to keep to like make me really want to push the point. So I'll I mean, let it go. It's not a it's not a terrible movie. I mean, I have my personal feelings about it, but it's just. And I've seen plenty of movies like this. I'm not immune to. These I'm gonna make you movies. watch Filled of Dreams, and you're gonna cry. Well, yeah. Well, great. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've enjoyed these types of movies, um, but I don't know. This one just does not work for me, but I don't mm. want to like, clearly I'm outruled by two thirds. Um, but, you know, I, honestly, though, the, the highlight is Ed Harris. Like, so I can't argue that I can't, I cannot Sad. tell you that he does not turn in a great performance. I believe that I hated him. I was like, I do not like you. <laughs> Although but for a moment, moment the very can. very first moment you see him, I almost wanted to call bullshit on him having cancer because he just got done playing drums. And look at his guns. Like, go back and watch that. <laughs> like, there's no way that guy has cancer. Like, oh, my God. I mean, he's ripped for like, I don't know, he's in his 70s or late 60s. Well, dude, he's he was beefing up to go on, on Westworld. Westworld. He'll be a gunslinger. Yeah. So the man in black, you know. Um. Anyway, uh, fan service. We got a random question from somebody who calls himself Terry eighty four. I don't know if that's just his email handle or. Oh, I guess Terry Terry could be a girl as well. I guess I don't really know. It's it's one of those non gender names, right? Um, it's it's probably a dude question because I feel like more guys ask these dumb questions. Uh, not to belittle our entire gender, but you know whatever. Um. Uh, we we've been talking about bad romances. I don't know. So he's like, "What's the baddest sex we've had?" I think he's trying to spell the word "sex," but he spelled it with a C, so I'm I'm not sure if he means like badness, as in cool, uh, or baddest. He's right next to the X on the uh, keyboard, so probably a slip of the finger. I didn't even notice that. You're right. Yeah. So he just is not a good speller. Sorry, bud. <laughs> uh, so okay, so we've determined what he means. He wants to know about our sex lives, which I, I listen. Dave and I were talking about this. Uh, bad sex is like bad pizza. 
it's always pizza. And so you can at least say, it got, <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Like, yeah, I mean, you know. Um, oh, I remember. <laughs> I, I, I was telling you I mine it. was like, not anything. Who wants to, I'll go first. I'll crack it open. Right, Look, my partner had an allergic reaction to a lubricant one time, and that Jeff really changed the tone of the evening. And there are a lot of condom brands I don't like because they 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 don't you know I don't I don't whatever they're made out of doesn't really sit well with me you know so that's that. And then I, one time I was at a party and like I hooked up with somebody and then like freaked out later on because hours later this is like this was years years ago so. I don't think anybody can judge me unless they bring up grudges of stories of people getting drunk at parties. My face broke out in like blotches, like I had broken blood vessels in my face. And I'm like, oh, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> like I got infected. It's over with. My whole life is over. No, it was a that was an allergic reaction to some sandwich that I, a mixed sandwich that I ate from a drive-thru, like four o'clock in the morning, trying to sober mm-hmm. up from a party. So you know, I wrote a poem about it. Folks, I didn't just waste the experience and, like, be a total piece of shit. I wrote a poem about that one, so at least I tried to take an artistic approach to feeling like a complete idiot. Um, there, I shared, like, three stories, so I feel like, you know, I've opened the door on the sharing. You next, Dave. Okay, let's see. Uh, you just reminded me of another one. A uh, partner I had accidentally... <laughs> I was wrestling oh, with blankets, mm. and... I didn't feel it, but apparently... There wasn't another human him. there. He was just having sex with blankets. I, I apparently punched my partner in their forehead. Wow. <laughs> with blankets. Wow. And I felt really bad about that one because, uh, you know, it did not bruise. So, it was not that hard of a punch, but... Did you create an Urban Dictionary entry? That's what that sounds like. You created an entry in the Urban oh, Dictionary. That's so funny. Um, and the other one was afterwards, um, I had fallen out of my bed and my nightstand had a very rigid or rigid uh, front and I scraped my back across it so bad. Like, oh God, I'm getting uh, tingles remembering it. But like, it was just scraped all across mm. my back. Like just the worst edge. But that happened after the climax. So you won anyway. Like yeah. at least it didn't happen during it, right? Yeah, yeah you're all right. It's great. It's good. I mean, I'm a serial dater, so I've had plenty of experiences where I was like, well, this was not fun. You know, people having too much to consume and then it's like push and rope. I would say that's probably the worst. But, you know, you know you're <laughs> a, little, a little too. That's great. Know, push and rope. But <laughs> Yeah, I would say I've got a a couple of those um, things that are coming to my mind that I think are, you know, appropriate storytelling. Did put my leg through a a mirror once, though. Oh, that's rough. That was super terrifying. But Mm. yeah, got a pretty bad uh, scar for it. That would Mm. definitely kill the mood when you've got blood coming down your leg. An ER visit? yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And what were you doing, Miss Jordan, that you put your foot through me? <laughs> yeah, that's wow, where I won't go into detail. Yeah, yeah, but... yeah. <laughs> oh, hmm. yeah. That's always a fear, right? Like if if you went to the hospital and it was something sexual related, yeah. like having to like. So what brought you to the yard today? Well, AdamandEve.com was having a sale, and it was for couples, and we ordered this thing, and it's it said it said on the box that 
<laughs> Although there's literally a TV show about that called Sex Sent Me to the ER. It was like a Discovery. That is TLC true. Program. That it's like hilarious. a TLC program. Yeah. Dang. Mm. Yeah. So, folks, send in your write-in stories about accidents that you've had or bad, <laughs> bad sex. S-E-C <laughs> to send them to Dave. He'll take all your stories. Yes. Oh, man. Send them to Dave. That brings us to staff picks. Which actually, no, that starts with Jordan. It actually doesn't start with Dave. Okay. <laughs> we changed the order. I forgot. Okay. So, yeah. I, um, of course, Tinder Swindler was one. Um, and I also, it's, you know, kind of, that also here. sounds like an urban dictionary. Not, to, I don't want to interrupt you, but that, that sounds like an urban dictionary entry actually. Yeah. Also, I didn't know that you're supposed to Google people without matching, you know, after you match them on Tinder. And that seemed like it was a pretty steady rule for all these girls, but I guess I was doing it wrong the whole time. You've never Anyways. Googled? No, like, I just never thought to like Google somebody I was going to go meet, but you know, people. Do See, that research. was good knowledge for me. Before I've never been on <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, definitely swiped right and left many, many times. Mm -hmm. um, I also watch, even though it's old news, um, Britney versus Spears, which is, of course, about a dysfunctional relationship. So it was just really interesting to learn about conservatorship and like how it was turned into essentially a way to use her as a workhorse and just like make her mm -hmm. perform generate all of this income mainly for her father and her father's lawyers and she had to pay for her lawyers and it's crazy i think he made like over eight million maybe even more than that i think it could have been somewhere even up to be like 54 million dollars is like what she made and she had to like give him all of it essentially um yeah. but yeah you know god britney's free now she's quite an old creating a lot of talk on the internet on Instagram these days too. So still relevant. Anyways, that's my fan pick. My, my little staff pick. Is that the one on Netflix? It is a Netflix one. Okay. See, I've seen the one on Hulu. That's the one I haven't seen yet. I think, yeah, there's a, I mean, exactly. There's, there's like three or four of them now. Yeah, there is. There was like the New York times free Britney was really good. And then there was like another, I think Hulu came out with something. Um, I think there was a follow-up one really on good. the New York Times. Um, I think you're I you're right. There it. was a part two. Yeah, you're right. They're all going to be quick. Now the other networks are scrambling to figure out what's our Tinder swindler that we can put out in like two <laughs> right. weeks. They'll whip something together. Well, Discovery Plus has like a million of them. <laughs> that's their whole... Oh, yeah, that's like their whole bread and butter. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so I've, I've actually watched a few things. Um, me and my wife binged, because uh, my wife is a huge fan, so I joined along. Uh, we binged the whole se uh, season of that sh new show, Reacher. Um, it's actually really solid. Um, there, the violence in it, I did not expect to be as graphic as it is. Um, so, like, it just yeah, but it's on it, Amazon, right? Yeah. Um, and it's from, like, I guess most of the same producers of the, the Tom Cruise ones, but now they can get away with more stuff. But, like, when there's, ball, like, brawls or fights, like, you see eyes going to, or, you know, fingers going to eyes. It's, like, it's pretty graphic, actually. Um, but that's a fun watch. Um, it's I like an espionage show, right? Isn't it, like, a spy show or something? Yeah, he's like a he's a military guy, and he, um, um. he gets caught up in intrigue and has to solve mystery, basically a mystery, but... Um, like he's a he's he's huge he's like six foot four muscular guy you like them big old. dudes <laughs> oh yeah 
Um, I actually got out to the theater and saw Jackass this weekend, the new one. Uh, I've no harder. wait, you forgot to say no pushing rope and Jack Reacher. <laughs> no pushing rope. Yeah, sorry, that's a new thing. Uh, yeah, I saw Jackass. Uh, I laughed harder than I've laughed, and I couldn't tell you when. Um, go see that. Um, but the show I kind of want to, or excuse me, the movie I kind of want to point people to, I saw this week. It's a hard sell, I admit it. Um, it's called Gunda. And it's a black and white documentary about basically a life on a farm. You follow these pigs and chickens and cows. No words. It's completely silent. I mean, you hear sounds, you know, cows. But there's moments in this movie that feel like a horror movie. Like there's actually one graphic scene where of just Mother Nature. And you're like, holy shit, did that just did they really just do that? Or should, like you think it's like kind of babe and it's it's not. <laughs> it's real nature. Um what do you mean mother nature like animals eating other animals well like mother taking care of a runt let's just put it that way mother pig taking care of the runt oh yeah animals separate the sick and the dying from the healthy ones right it's all i mean it but like the i was only shocked because the movie's literally rated g so you think okay well it's it's okay for even babies and there's a scene of like just like oh shit it's i forgot it's a nature documentary even though it's rated g like that's the only thing that threw me off is I'm expecting like Disney and I got like <laughs> just something else for a moment. Um, it's a weird sell. Like I said, it's a black and white documentary with no words, but you get to see all these animals. It's I, I really liked it. It's uh, it's on Hulu. Check it out. If you want something different. That's a stretch. <laughs> I mean, but I think you warned us ahead of time. You put a disclaimer on that one. Uh I watched this drama, which actually could fit into Bad Romances. It's called Small Engine Repair. And I remember seeing the preview, like, almost two years ago. It's got the guy who plays the new Punisher in the show, and he was, like, one of the one of the antagonists on the early seasons of... Um, Walking. Oh, is it Joe Bernthal? Yeah, John Bernthal. Yeah, he was played, um, played the friend, like the best friend competitor with the big beef in, in season one and two of The Walking Dead. Um, and he's like a, he's like the main support. And then also, God, this other actor I can never think. He's a good character actor. And he was in um, that show Boardwalk Empire. He played the sheriff. Anyway, so character Shane actors. That you, what? Is his name Shea Wiggum? I think I know who you Yeah, it sounds about. like... I think it might be something Wiggum. Uh, anyway, and then the main guy is the guy who directed the movie. And then, uh, basically, this guy gets out of prison. Who And he... It's called Small Engine Repair because that's the type of shop he has. Repairs small engines or whatever. It's like a little mechanic shop or something. But So he's, like, raising his daughter alone because his, his ex-wife is, like, a New England train wreck. Like, totally... South Shore Boston train wreck, like, and they got the thick accents, like New England style, and then like, uh, she's getting ready to go to college, and then something happens, and he's like debating killing somebody, and they lock him in the shop, and the two friends are trying to negotiate, like, are we gonna go through with this or not? And like, it really takes a dark turn, but it's it's pretty intriguing. And they go like, yeah, all the relationships in here are all are all toxic to each other. Like, the main guy has like a serious anger problem, and he can like snap at like the drop of a hat. The other friend is confused about his sexuality and like never is really fully honest with his friends. And then the other guy is like a machismo, but he's kind of a coward. So they all have they all have defects, right? But they're all like, "Are we going to kill this kid?" <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, so it's it goes back and forth. And then like, and then the mom shows up a couple of times just to amp up the drama. 
And uh, like the like this time, it's not the dad that's absentee. It's like the mom isn't there, which you don't you know it's kind of like a, a change, right? So, uh, it's better than I thought because I remember watching the trailer going, "This is like a really good drama," and then all of a sudden it shows the crime stuff, and I'm like, "Oh, you just ruined the movie!" Like I would have, I just wanted to see like what was going on here, you know? Because I thought it was like uh, like a still Magnolias or something, and but then it turns into like this other thing where it's like, "Oh, am I watching like a Quentin Tarantino movie? Like what happened?" <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, but as it turns out, folks, it's not such a bad movie. Um, and I think you can actually watch that on Hulu. Yeah. Uh, next week, we got Drinking Buddies, which I think qualifies as a bromance entry. And even though one of the friends is a dude and the other one's a lady dude, but they contemplate hooking up while their partners uh, kind of do the same. And they work together at a brewery. It's a Joe Swineberg movie. It has Jake Johnson, Olivia Wilde, Anna Kendrick, and Ron Livingston. And if you want more Jason Sudeikis, I think he has a cameo. If I can remember correctly, I think he has a cameo. But uh, I like this movie. So we'll see what the crew thinks next week. Um, we'll see if Dave hates that one, too. We'll find out. I've liked Joe Swanberg movies, so that's got a leg up so far. I, I'm just I was going to say, boo, part. Dave. Just kidding. Yeah, hey, this <laughs> me. No. All right. Looking forward to that movie. I just like it when I when we bring up Urban Dictionary, we can put some entries in. I'm going to look up to see if the catchphrase of the night, pushing rope, is already, that might be an entry already. But if it not, we'll submit be. it. It better be. Come on. <laughs> Thank you.